Welcome back to the Pylon, Impact 89 FM's own NFL podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Michael Markach, and this is week 14. Here are only a few more weeks to go here. This is going to be the last episode that we record before winter break. Obviously, we're all going to go away. We may record something on Zoom over break, depending on the news. If something big happens, if there's something we need to talk about, we may hop on Zoom and get something recorded uh, over break. But I would bank on, you probably won't hear from us again until the postseason, so this is going to be the last week for the regular season. Uh, I'm here by myself, well, not by myself, but I don't have Jay DeCoster or Manit Patel here, both of our other regular co-hosts. They are both out today, but I am joined by two guests I'm so excited about. We got Tom Cavanaugh. He's here, of course, graduating here in a couple of weeks, but he wanted to get on at least once, so I told him absolutely, and <laughs> he's here right now. Uh, and then we got Jack Hartley, who is new here to Impact. So first of all, welcome to Impact. But number two, uh, he's going to be joining us probably throughout the year, um, at least next semester when we're going to start kind of getting these new guys. You heard a couple of them last week. Obviously, Jack and Tim, uh, they're going to be on again coming up next semester as well. But we're going to be cycling a lot of new guys in. I'm so excited for where the podcast is headed so far. So all that being said, how are you guys doing? Perfect. Really, really good. Doing awesome. I'm glad to be here. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to see if Jay shows up. I don't think he's going to. Uh, he just got out of another responsibility. Um, yeah, he told just told me he's not going to be here. But we're going to roll out without him. We're going to be fine. And uh, let's get started, as we always do here on the pylon. Of course, recording this on Friday, December 9th, uh, right after Thursday Night Football last night. So we always start kind of reviewing the Thursday night game and boy was it a doozy uh the Rams come back late in the fourth quarter and defeat the Raiders 17 to 16 led by none other than Baker Mayfield who got claimed by the Rams off waivers on what Tuesday yeah I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday Tuesday? it was ridiculous yeah, yeah middle of the week yeah and he comes in and he he looked bad like he didn't I mean I wouldn't say he looked awful but he didn't look good for three and a half quarters no. and then he just flipped the switch and he ends up leading them to victory, throwing the game-winning touchdown pass with, what was it, like eight seconds left Yeah. Um, for the Rams to win. They snapped a six-game losing streak. Uh, that snapped a Raider three-game win streak. What were some of you guys' takeaways, I guess, from last night? Gosh. Let's go first. Well, first of all, I'm upset because of the draft pick for the Lions because mm-hmm. I was rooting. I was like, okay, they'll throw Baker Mayfield in there. You know, that's good for us. That's good mm-hmm. news for our draft stock and whatever. And then... You know, he looks like the Baker Mayfield we thought we had seen with the Cleveland Browns and through Carolina this season. You're like, okay, we haven't seen anything out of the ordinary. Then all of a sudden, you know, that spiral, those last three minutes, like what Tommy was alluding to earlier, was it looks different. It looked completely different from the first three quarters. And uh, obviously, is it something with McDaniels? Is it also something to go into question? But overall takeaway was I wish that it would have been a Rams loss, unfortunately, for the Lions draft stock. But I'm happy to see Baker Mayfield actually had a moment because everybody's been bashed on him, and as much as you may want to, uh, he had a moment, and you got to give him respect for that. Right, and you look at you know all the social media of Baker post game getting the game ball. Everybody's loving it. You love to see that for that guy, but you know from the Lions' perspective as well, that puts him right in the middle of that three, four, five spot for a draft pick. But yeah, at three and a half quarters, I almost fell asleep towards the end of that fourth just because of how the game was going. You know, the first drive was great. Raiders came out to a great start. Looked like the game was going to, you know, move in that direction. And then out of nowhere, it just turned into dud football. But yeah, got to give it to Baker. It was, you saw in that second, third quarter, he was trying to hand it off to the wrong side. There's no guy there. He obviously didn't know the playbook and rightfully so. He'd only been there for a few days. So uh, watching him in those last few minutes when McVay kind of threw his hands up and said, screw it, we have to just play backyard football. And that's what they did. Van Jefferson got open. They got Skoranek down the line as well. So it, it was fun to watch. And if you're a viewer just on a Thursday night casually watching football, you need to see that because traditionally this year Thursday night has not been great. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's similar. Like so far the games have kind of been duds. And that one, at least for three quarters, didn't or it looked like it was at least heading in that same direction. And it really kind of turned on its head really, really quickly. And, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Baker. Obviously, everyone knows me. I'm the Browns fan, so Baker used to be, you know, my team's quarterback. And what like I have no ill will to- towards Baker Mayfield. I-, I don't. I have none, but it was really cool to ha- see him have his moment last night. Um it doesn't really change much in my mind, but I've always known Baker as the guy of he needs to think less, play more. Don't make it like put him into like a system, make him think, make him make all of his reads like that. 
That's not Baker. Baker's who he was at Oklahoma when you just kind of drop him back and let him be the gunslinger that he is and just air it all over the yard. And that's what he was yesterday. It was McVay just, as you said, Tom, he just kind of gave up. And it was like a, it was almost like a preseason game we were watching. Right. He was like, let's just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And scored a touchdown all yeah. game. It was crazy. Like, yeah. And then he just let to. Baker do his thing and it, it worked out in the end for sure. Yeah. And the one, the one other thing I want to draw to is, the, the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams dynamic is really becoming interesting to me now because I, I saw a stat, I was watching Pat McAfee's show today, and they mentioned with Devontae Adams and all that, and uh, he only had one career game with the Packers where he had under four reception, and he already has four of those games this season alone. Uh, it sort of is alarming, and especially when you bring in somebody like that, and especially with where the Packers are at, it really makes you wonder, was it the right move for Adams overall with the relationship he did have with Rodgers to give that up to now not see the target share and with the plays he made last night to not make more of an impact on the game as a whole I feel like was definitely felt yeah I mean you look at the receiving down the line he as you said the most with three then you got Hollins Abdullah Jacobs all with two and then uh, just a few other guys with just one reception apiece so they're sharing but that's not a lot of throwing attempts right there for Derek Carr he was only 11 of 20 for a, a buck 37 yards I mean I know Josh Jacobs kind of got hurt there in the last third quarter, but you got to throw it more to Devontae. And I know we're getting desensitized to those huge catches down the line, the one-hand grabs, just Devontae being Devontae. But, yeah, you got to utilize him more, as you said. It's, it's ridiculous at this point. And, you know, it kind of rolls into the McDaniels thing that uh, he, the last few, few weeks he just hasn't been able to get it done against unprepared guys on team Saturday and now Mayfield. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a brutal loss for the Raiders. I mean, they had that game. I mean, there's nobody I think that could have thought, even Rams fans, you could ask them, that thought Baker Mayfield was going to score two touchdowns in the final like three minutes of the game to win it for the Rams. Like nobody saw that coming. I saw something on Twitter today of when Baker left the field of play today or yesterday, last night after he got off the field. He didn't know where the lock. Like he was in the locker, but he forgot <laughs> how to get there. And so he goes into the tunnel and he's like asking an employee, like, which where am I going? I don't know. <laughs> like this is a dude who's literally been in for like the organization for like 10 minutes doesn't even know the playbook down came in and beat you and I mean that's just it's been the story of the year for the Raiders and I don't you know it's the story of Josh McDaniels as head coaching tenure wherever he's been so far of he's the really good coordinator but whenever you give him the you know you give him the headset he just doesn't always pan out so let's go into the talking points uh News part of the show. Let's start with the big one, the, the big news coming out of last week. Despite the win that the 49ers had over the Dolphins, it was an impressive win at that. Jimmy Garoppolo has a broken foot, and the first original diagnosis had him out for the rest of the season. We're hearing this week he could come back, and they're saying seven weeks, which would like five to seven weeks, depending on how it works, because he does not need surgery, which could mean he could, I guess, return for the playoffs. The 49ers are in great shape to make the playoffs. There's really no, they're really not in much danger of that. But Brock Purdy, yes, Brock Purdy, the former Iowa State quarterback, who was Mr. Irrelevant this past year in the draft, is in line to start probably the rest of the season for the 49ers. So, uh, first off, you look at the betting lines, and we'll get to that later. Brock Purdy, and the, I know he's playing with the 49ers against not a great Buccaneers team, but Brock Purdy is the favorite over Tom Brady this week, which, besides the the Vikings-Lions spread right there, that jumped out to me right away. It, it seems like Brock Purdy kind of has that Mike White-itis, where you have that really first game, that coming out party, and it's a, kind of a show-me. Are you going to be able to back it up, or is it going to be a four-interception game, and you go right back into being that second or third on the depth chart? So... It is kind of a show-me game for Brock Purdy because you throw him out there and you say, hey, what, what, what can you do? And then you go out and impress a few people, win a game, you got to back it up again if you want to be successful in this league. Yeah, I think the line came out to, I think, three and a half already for the 49ers, especially without Garoppolo. And that's especially comes in handy when you have Christian McCaffrey in your backfield now that can help alleviate a quarterback and not have as much pressure on him. And that move is just continuing to work out now for the 49ers, which obviously it was an addition seeing what he had done this year. But now that they're put in the spot that they are, it definitely is a plus for them. 
Yeah, it it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, you touch on McCaffrey, but he's also got guys, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk's playing very well right now. George Kittle has had a very down year. I would know. He's on my fantasy team. Me too. Um, <laughs> he's had a down year, but we all know that a tight end sometimes is a young quarterback's best friend. And with a guy like George Kittle that you can rely on, we'll see maybe if his production goes up a little bit. They have a very good defense. It's arguably the best in the league right now with how well they're playing, especially on the D-line and back in the secondary. Um this is a very good football team, and it's a shame that they, they have to... Every year, it seems like the 49ers run into this problem. As somebody's getting hurt, it seems to always be the quarterback, and they're just making things work. But they arguably have the best offensive mind in the game, and he's going to find a way to get it done. I mean, he, Brock Purdy had to play, what, three quarters last week? Or at least a half? Yeah. And yeah. they won that game. Half. They beat the Dolphins, a very, very, very strong team out of the AFC. So, I mean, overall, it, it's a very good football team. I don't think you're going to see... I mean, you're going to see a drop-off, obviously, because, you know, Brock Purdy was, a, whatever, a seventh-round pick, the last pick of the draft, and hasn't shown much. But, I mean, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Nick Mullen's playing Pro Bowl-level football, at least for a couple weeks. So, I, that's at least my thoughts. Yeah, when we get to the picks and stuff, I think, you know, not just us, but around the board, a lot of people are going to be taking the 49ers, not just this week, but as you said, getting into the playoff time. 8-4 and four right now, you're sitting in a really prime spot, and I think if you can get over the hump with Purdy in these next few weeks, and, you know, barring Garoppolo coming back, that's, you know, that's a very dangerous team that you talk about coming out of the NFC. Yeah, and I... I said last week on the show, I thought they were the favorites out of the NFC. I, I, I get the Eagles talk. I really do. I think the Niners are a better team than the Eagles, but now that may be shifting. Maybe the Eagles now maybe are able to be the favorite, but just overall, just the way the 49ers are built, it's it's tough to see any team really knocking them off, especially if they, I mean, they're probably not going to get home field. That The Eagles are going to lock that up here probably pretty soon, but I mean, they might get a two seed and you're talking about Going on a going to San Francisco, a place they just don't lose in the postseason. Yeah. That's that's a tough ask for I think any team. So next we'll move on to another quarterback that got injured last week. Lamar Jackson uh got hurt against the Broncos in the first quarter. Uh didn't play the rest of the game. Tyler Huntley came in in relief, led a game winning touchdown drive with twenty six seconds left to push the Ravens in front of the Broncos. Uh he is not officially ruled out for this week, but uh, Coach John Harbaugh says it's looking doubtful that he, Jackson will play. So it's going to be Tyler Huntley this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, we saw a lot of Tyler Huntley last season. Um, he played the final six games, I think, of the season. They, I believe they lost every single one of those games. Um, so it, it, it might be some rough sledding, but we don't know the severity right now of Lamar Jackson's injury. But, I mean, at least just hearing that he was even considered to maybe be giving it a go this week, and they hurt him down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's definitely smart to sit him this week. You know, Huntley fits that offense. That's just the scheme so well. You saw it last week. Uh, I think you run with him there, and you're playing against a Steelers team that you got Pickett. Yes, he's had some flashing moments, but overall, those two gloves haven't really seemed to be working out too well. So I think you stick with Huntley and kind of like a 49ers type of scenario where you ride with your backup guy and try to scrap together a few more wins and help your playoff chances down the stretch. Yeah, I think if you're looking for a filler, I think Huntley is going to be your guy. He's had experience in the past, and especially with going against the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, they're not, even though it's Mike Tomlin, they're in a down year. And even with Tomlin and them being in dog mode and looking to not be on that losing side of things, I still think it's a very winnable game for the Ravens. It's always a divisional round, and there's a lot of good, always great matchups whenever you're playing inside the, the division AFC or NFC North. It's a sorry. It's a pivotal game for Mike Tomlin. hasn't finished under five hundred before, so yeah, this is a big one. You have to be able to win. Yeah, the Steelers sitting at five and seven currently, uh, tied for tied with the Browns in the AFC North. I it's weird because the Steelers in the past few years have owned the Ravens. Like the Ravens haven't been able to figure out how to beat the Steelers, no matter who's been under center, and that still remains a thing. It's kind of like that monkey they can't get off their back, and. I remember talking about this with a few guys last week. It might it might have been the men's basketball beat. Um, but there's just every single team in the NFL just seems to have another team's number. And for some reason, the Steelers just have the Ravens' number. And it it doesn't make a lot of sense because uh, they've beaten Lamar. They've beaten Tyler Huntley. They've done all this even when the Ravens were the best team. Like it just The Ravens find a way to lose those games. 
And I think this does affect them. I mean, again, we saw Tyler Huntley last year. He played, like, the final six games, like I said. Like, they didn't win those games. They weren't winning. Um, It's definitely an offensive drop-off. You can't ask Tyler Huntley to be something that he's not. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got to stay afloat right now because the Bengals are right there breathing down their necks in the north. And the Bengals lost already to the Ravens once this year, but they're going to play the final game of the regular season Week 18, that's when they're going to match up next. And that one, I believe, is in Cincinnati. So when you got the Bengals kind of breathing down your neck, you, you don't really have room to slip up. And we'll see what happens this week. I mean, with Lamar out, I guess. Yeah. You look at that Jaguars loss back yeah. late November. <laughs> that's the big one that's that really stands loss. out. That's it an is. AFC loss, too, which mm-hmm. could come into fact for tiebreakers, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they just have had bad breaks go their way. The Bills game as well. I mean, I feel like in the Giants game, they just back-to-back. The, the Ravens haven't just been able to put together a consistent effort, and it may come out to in the back end of things now with the Lamar situation hurt them in the long run. Yeah, and, and it isn't just Lamar getting hurt, but he's been openly critical of how the offense is being run. And again, this is an offense that was designed to Lamar Jackson. It wasn't, no one's going to, or I guess the saying goes, Lamar Jackson isn't a system quarterback because Lamar Jackson is the system. Like the, the Ravens handmade this offense for him and he's not happy with how it's going. They've struggled offensively, especially in the first and fourth quarters of games. They get off to slow starts, and then they've struggled to finish in the fourth quarter in three of their losses this year, as you just touched on, Jack. Miami, New York, Jacksonville. Three two-score leads in the fourth quarter, gone. Before you can even, like, and that's that's a problem. And now you don't have your quarterback, and the defense is playing okay. I mean, obviously, they played well against the Denver team, but Denver's not good. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this is down the stretch, of course, because we're heading towards that Week 18 matchup with them and the Bengals. So now we'll move on again, staying with quarterbacks. It was a heavy quarterback news week. This one just broke yesterday. Um, Marcus Mariota's been benched in Atlanta for none other than the rookie Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, obviously drafted by Atlanta. What was it, second round? Second, third round? I think so, yeah. Or no, no. Let me do a little deep. Because Willis was still the second QB off the board, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, I think, a mid or late round. I think it might have been mid or late round. 74th pick overall, round three. Yeah. So round three. He went right after either. No, he went before Willis, didn't he? Can we get a double check on that? He went before Malik Willis. Um, But nonetheless, he's going to get his opportunity right now. Uh, Falcons are kind of um, treading water, but. I mean, you take a look at the NFC South, guys. It's still wide open, and they see a path. They already have a loss to Tampa Bay this season, but Tampa Bay, that team is the most confusing thing I've ever seen. And that was also the roughing the passer game, too. Exactly. So, So, like, Atlanta sees a path here, and they have some good wins, but Marcus Mariota just hasn't been able to produce for them. Uh, He won a game this year where he only threw seven passes, Played another game where they only threw like nine passes. I think they lost that game. But nonetheless, it's clear that they need someone that they believe can stretch the ball downfield, throw the football when they need him to. And why not give the rookie a try? Of course, Desmond Ritter, who had a very good career, probably the best quarterback Cincinnati's ever had, um, took him to the playoff last year, and now he's going to get his shot. Yeah, 74th was uh, Ritter. 86th in round three was Malik Willis, so... Uh, just that, but y- y- going back to talking about slinging the ball down the field and Marcus Mariota, you know, you lose four of your last five games. You look at the completions per game. He hasn't completed over twenty passes in any of the last five games. Only one of those resulting in a win. That was a twenty-seven twenty-four W over the Bears. He was thirteen to twenty. Y- you're right. You got to take a chance now. And when you're getting towards the latter half of the season. Why not? As you said, they have some marquee wins. They could, you know, find themselves in the playoffs, like a lot of other teams right now that are kind of, you know, vying for a spot. But this is another moment of, you know, go back to what McVeigh was thinking late in the fourth quarter. You know, throw it at the wall, see what sticks. So I think this is a move you got to make, and it's good for Ritter too because he needs that experience at the NFL level. It's so terrible when a guy gets hurt. And you're thrust into that position, kind of a Kenny Pickett type of deal, uh, without Trubisky getting, <laughs> I mean, as hurt. But you know what I'm talking about. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to be able to have all those, all that pressure on your shoulders and ride with it. You'd rather kind of move in slowly at a different pace when one guy's being subbed out and another one's coming in. You know. 
Yeah, I like the what the rotation is right now with them and that Riz you have to look for your future and going with Ritter is obviously going to be the smart move and Marietta was a good branch quarterback and got them to where he needed to and got them a few wins to keep him in contention and they'll be exciting and it's it's always nice if a winning quarterback or a rookie quarterback has a chance to come in and win some important games his rookie season and I think that'll be in the long term good for the, the Falcons. It opens up a lot of optimism too, not just for your program, but if other teams are looking to get that guy, if he, you know, pulls out a few really good games, kind of like a Baker situation, he, he guys are going to get healthy in L.A. You think his time as a backup there is really going to stay? I don't think so because he's going to want to be a, you know, starting quarterback somewhere. So he puts together a nice resume of good games and goes. Same thing here, Desmond Ritter. He gets a couple good games under his belt, plays well, is able to get picked up by somebody else, or remains the starter in Atlanta. I mean, that would seem like the easy route. They did just draft him to be the future of their organization. Right, right. You would think. Um, I mean, obviously, this is the NFL. We don't, I mean, we don't know. The Cardinals moved off of Josh Rosen, who's 10th overall after one season. So, uh, obviously, different circumstances there. But, you know, like we've been saying, you, you never know. And it's you, the, another guy that you guys just mentioned you could throw in the cup, Jacoby Brissett, obviously, just played 11 games for the Browns and with the Deshaun Watson suspension, played very admirably in those 11 games. Uh, he's probably going to get a payday next year, whether it's a, as a bridge quarterback starter or as a, probably the highest paid backup in the league. Um, just guys that are able to play this year and get roles, and that's what it is. But as I've, as I said before, just It'll be interesting to see how Atlanta kind of plays this because their only path right now to the postseason is through that division. Like the wild card is probably gone. You think about teams like right now, you have San Francisco, Dallas, and well, right now you have the, the Washington and New York tied. And yeah, that actually threw a wrench in a lot of things because yeah. now a lot of teams are two and a half games back. I think there's one team. It's the Seahawks. I think are the half game out after that. Oh, are, are the Niners ahead of the Seahawks? I was still yeah, saying the, Seahawks the, were in first. Yeah, the Niners are eight and four, and then the Seahawks are seven and five. Okay, and then uh, yeah, then you have the two teams at seven, four, and one with the Giants and Redskins or Washington. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I, I forgot. I thought I thought Seattle was still in the lead for some reason, but they are not. They are they are in second. But you're right. I mean, the, the NFC East being so dominant right now. I mean, if you looked at the playoff picture as it stands right now in the NFC, you got Philadelphia and Minnesota. That's your one and two seeds. Philly would get the bye. San Francisco is your three seed. Tampa Bay is your four at six and six. Uh, Then you'd have Dallas, New York, and Seattle at five, six, seven. Washington just on the outside looking in right now. Um, And they're on their bye this week. So... Like I said, the path is through the postseason because, or it's th- it's through the division. Excuse me, because Atlanta's still behind Detroit right now too by a half game yeah. because they've played that extra game, and Atlanta's off this week too. They're on their bye, so Detroit has an opportunity to even pick up an extra half game on Atlanta that they haven't had, and that's, I mean, they're tied with Green Bay. They got Arizona and Carolina right behind them. You probably don't think those teams are going to make a run, um, but. I mean, yeah, it, they have a path right now through the division, and this is, I guess, a move that they think they have to make for the betterment of their team. Obviously, they don't have Kyle Pitts the rest of the year. Uh, their defense, as we know, isn't always the best. Um, but we shall see how it goes. I'm rooting for him. Uh, Desmond Ritter was a lot of fun to watch in college, and it'll be nice to see what he can do at the pro level. So now let's move into some stuff outside of quarterbacks. First of all, the, the news of the week happened Monday, um, or one of them. The Tennessee Titans have fired their general manager, John Robinson. I believe that is his name. Um, they fi- they lost to the Eagles this past weekend, and they're, I mean, they're in first place. They are running away with the division right now in the NFC South. Um, there's really no, no one, no team's going to catch them there. And it's very weird to see a GM fired like that in the middle of the season, especially with one with a winning organization. And the timing. You know, yeah. you can't touch, you got to touch <laughs> on the, everybody's going to talk about the timing of it and the team that they lost to and the whole storyline with AJ Brown. And it really does make you wonder how much of a factor did uh, make it because the head coach, Vrabel, was visibly upset when the trade was, was made. So there's always been a, a living frustration there. So to have that sort of boil over is just interesting to me. Yeah, I don't, I mean, when you, <laughs> When you look inside the division of the AFC South, it's not done in in that respect of hey, you're you're going to lose our chances of winning this division. But it, it definitely was a message sent because of, like you said, 
You can't lose that guy and have him post those numbers on you because it's just an egg on your face. And everybody, even the fans and all the way down to the people that work in security, they know exactly what you did and screwed that up. So uh, I think it was, I mean, a very surprising move, but it's some of these organizations, guys don't take any crap. You know, you look at the Carolina Panthers, Matt rules out half a season. They were done seeing them get blown out by 25 at home and needed some sort of a culture change. So I see where they're going with that, but now it's exciting to see where they go in the draft, depending how that season finishes up as well. I think their team is just going to continue on their rise, and it's also a show-me game for the Titans, too, losing two in a row. they got to be able to come through this week. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is weird, and you touch on the timing. I mean, the rumor that came out was it was because of, I mean, it, it was no coincidence. It was because they watched A.J. Brown go off against them, scoring two touchdowns, and basically they were like, that's it. That is that is on you. That's on nobody else. Right, because what you have to take from that is as a GM or if you're as an organization is that that move is supposed to make you better. And if you're losing that player and you're supposed to be getting better and then he does that yep. and you don't win the game, yeah, and it's it's the same route of then you put all of your eggs into the the Traylon Burks basket, drafting him in the first round, and he's been okay. Uh, he's hurt right now, from what I know, but like he's not AJ Brown. Like you probably were. I don't. I'm not. I don't know the conversations that happened in the room right. after the AJ Brown trade. I have no idea. It happened on draft night. A lot of things were going on, but I mean, it, I I can imagine it going like you know, trust me on this. Like this Burks, this Burks kid can do what he can't, what AJ Brown can do, and it's like no, he can't. I mean. GMs just overthink themselves a lot. Why why won't you just pay your players? Just give AJ Brown the contract that he's earned rather than saying, "Oh, you know what? You still have like a year left on your deal. Let's evaluate your contract." Just give him the extension and like show him that you're invested in him as a player and the talent that he's put on if he's outperforming the contract that he has. I I don't see any problem with that and a lot of teams have started doing it. We just saw Kansas City do it with Tyreek Hill. Obviously DeVonte Adams with the Packers. It's just I get it. You can't pay everybody, but Tennessee isn't paying everybody. Like you got, you do have Derrick Henry, who's like the most expensive running back in football. Ryan Tannehill's on a on a high end salary, but it's not like absurd that you can't pay your star receiver that makes him look better. I just, I don't get it. I think guys want to take that those long term deals, and GMs are so afraid to invest in mm-hmm. that long of time with those guys because. Yeah. Football, the longevity of players, especially at that running back and the wide receiver position, giving you know what routes you're running and stuff. But uh, I think there's a longevity factor to it that they want to you know conserve some of that cash because they don't want to see a guy go down and then boom, one quarter of your salary is already gone off of you know Derrick Henry or like you said, if they sign AJ Brown there too. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, they're going to start the GM search immediately. Um, we'll see what happens there. I mean, as you said though, Tom, like. In the draft, like this is again, they're going to be a playoff team, so they're not going to be picking in the top fifteen or anything. Yeah. They're going to be outside. Um, it's, it's a lot of work to do in Tennessee. Very interesting decision, of course, to move off of their general manager John Robinson. So now we got to talk about two games from last week. The two that really stood out. Uh, the first one was the Bengals just continuing to own the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I can't put a word on it. As we've said, there's just some teams that own other teams, and for some reason the Cincinnati Bengals own the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, winning again in Cincinnati. Uh, Last-minute touchdown by Joe Burrow to give them the lead. Mahomes could not come up with the, the, the tying field goal this time, and Bengals win again. Yeah, I need to see that game again in the postseason. <laughs> I need to I need to see it. Uh, I mean, you can see it in Mahomes' eyes. He just has a smirk. He just knows. Like, this is the start of something. As long as these two quarterbacks stay healthy, and this is what I've been looking forward to, and this is why I wanted to see the Chargers make a run in the postseason or at least get in when that tie happened and that whole went down with the, the Raiders and whatever. Because I want to see Herbert. I want to see Jackson. I want to see Mahomes. I want to see Burrow. I want to see Tua. I want to see Allen. I want to see all these guys and have three great matchups of just head-to-head football and just sit back and relax and enjoy the action because there's going to be popcorn in that playoffs. Like That's without a doubt, and that's what I want to see in this year's playoffs. Yeah, man. The Bengals, you saw those first few games of the season and you really just took a step back like, whoa. 
Super Bowl hangover type deal like the Rams mm-hmm. are having? Absolutely not. This is a team that's competing for another Super Bowl this year. And how about Samaje Pirine, man? 106 yards, 21 carries. It, it, it seems like whenever one guy goes out, another guy pops in for this team, and they're able to do it, even against a good Chiefs front defense. The DBs aren't the greatest compared to the rest in the league, but I mean, Joe is slinging it, man. 285, throwing two touchdowns. I love watching him play football. And I know Patrick Mahomes is another guy that just a generational talent. But, you know, as you said, seeing those two guys in the field together, I could sit there and watch that game on replay all day long. And you got to give a lot of credit to the Bengals because, you know, it's a narrative now. Three and wins in a row. It, Mahomes kind of has four, a nemesis. Oh, no, I think against, it's against the Chiefs. Right, thought, right, right. In Sorry. general, it's four, though. Oh, the, right. Yeah. It's four in a row. For the Bengals. Wow, they were 4-4 and and moved up to 8-4. That's incredible. I did not know that. That's impressive. But yeah, three against the Chiefs. Uh, It's a nemesis now for for Mahomes. He's he's looking him dead in the eye now coming into the playoffs. I guarantee we'll see that game, though. He he should probably just call Josh Allen. Like, how do you feel? (laughs) You can't beat me, and yet I can't beat Joe Burrow. Uh, Like I said, it's weird sometimes how it works in this league. Of There's just certain teams that just have other teams' numbers, and it's almost unexplainable. And that's not a... Uh, that's not trying to be disrespectful to the Bengals. Bengals are a very good team, but just to think that they just continue to beat the Chiefs, who have been the best organization by far in the past five years since Mahomes has been there, it's just it feels just weird that they can't figure out how to beat this team, especially in, especially in last year's AFC title game where they blew whatever twenty one to three. Yeah. So there was a stat that popped up late in that game, and I think it was 17 or 18 games in a row for the Chiefs with a uh, giveaway. Mm-hmm. So when you're turning the ball over like that, especially in crucial moments, you talk about that uh, 21-3 uh, abysmal of a, a squander of a lead, I guess, but you got to be able to finish like that. You can't turn the ball over, and you can't have some of your top players, a.k.a. Travis Kelsey or Juju Smith-Schuster. Is he even playing now? I, 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 I don't remember. I was going to say, He, he did have that concussion. I don't know if he's back yet. Yeah, but the Chiefs, I mean, they're a great team. We all know what they're going to be. They're like the Niners. They're always going to be in contention to, to win a conference or win a division and go on the play or score. Sorry, go to the Super Bowl. But yeah, they got to figure it out down the stretch in that respect of, you know, not giving the ball away. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we'll see it down the line. Again, both these two teams are probably primed for the postseason. I mean, it would take the Chiefs are about to clinch the West. Uh, it would take a miracle for the Bengals to fall out, considering uh, already now with eight wins. But uh, they got it. They got a difficult test because they're facing their nemesis this week. They got the Browns, mm-hmm. who Joe Burrow has not yet beaten. Like I said, it just gets weirder. But ever since that Monday Night Football game against the Browns four weeks ago, when the Bengals looked really bad, of course their first game without Jamar Chase, they've turned it on four weeks in a ro- four wins in a row Jamar Chase is now back Joe Mixon's coming back on Sunday off his concussion so now you're going to have a kind of a two-headed monster in the backfield with Mixon and Pirine uh it's a lot of exciting times in Cincinnati um and we'll see if they can maybe as we talked about with the Ravens they might be able to sneak in and win that division once again it doesn't look easy for them though i mean oh, down no, the stretch five brutal games brutal schedule yeah. it's brutal you got browns buccaneers patriots bills and ravens, ravens. oh my where do you see four wins or three wins in there? That's, exactly. That's a tough task. I mean, they should. Here's the thing. They should win this week. Right. But if Deshaun plays, I there's, think so. There's that cloud over their head of they just, they cannot beat the Browns. He hasn't figured out. And most of the time, he hasn't come close. It's a blowout every time. So there is that cloud that kind of hangs over Joe Burrow and the Bengals in that sense. But at some point, they're going to do it. Um, it's just... So I'd say that's kind of a toss-up, depending. Um, that game is in Cincinnati this week, but you look Buffalo. That's in Buffalo, if I if I recall, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're going to Buffalo. That's in Buffalo, from what I know. Or Paul no, Brown Stadium. No, it's at home. So they get okay. Well, see that they could win that game, but again, Buffalo is Buffalo's on fire right now. It's it's a <laughs> tough ass to huh. beat Buffalo. Tampa's a win. Baltimore. I mean, look, we'll see how the Lamar situation goes. That could also. I mean, there's four right there. If you get those ones, Patriots should be a win too. Yeah, like it's not as daunting, I think, as it looked preseason. Because you look at teams like the Buccaneers who are down, the Ravens are dealing with injury, the Bills. You get the Bills at home again. That's not that's no cupcake, but you know, Patriots are the Patriots. They are what they are. But if that, depending on where that game is too, that could get weird. So especially when you have a coach like Zach Taylor, who's only in his third year, trying to coach Bill Belichick, that doesn't always work out. So. It'll be interesting to see the Bengals. 
down the road. We'll talk about their matchup this week here just in a little bit when we get to the pick em. But finally, we got to talk about him. Tom Brady. Monday Go. Night Football. I mean, just really? Like, again? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was insane. Like, I turned the game off. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting texts of you have to turn the game on. And, uh, of course, my co-host Jay and I were actually talking back and forth because in, like, the early part of the fourth quarter, he was texting me. He's like, hey, did anyone pick the... He picked the Saints last week on the Pick'em. He said, did anyone else take the Saints? And he said, because betting against Tom Brady against the Saints is just free money. And I was like, yeah. I was like, it's not looking great. I told him that I had taken the Bucks, And then all of a sudden, you know. I had the point, so I still. Brady, hey, Brady wins. Plus three. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just like laughing. I'm like, yeah, you probably deserve that for, for saying that a bit too early. And so he took the L last week in that, in that regard. But just <laughs> on, like, again, really? Like, it's textbook. Again? It's textbook, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy because you saw, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, uh, Todd Bowles completely screwed the Buccaneers in a late-game drive, throwing a screen pass on f- first or second down, running the clock down, not calling a timeout, uh, and I forget how the sequence ended up, but it was just, you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and you're scared to throw? So it was great for them to open up. We saw Brady do this earlier in the year. But, I mean, it's just marquee at this point. And it's so funny because every time Tampa has their leg pulled down underwater and they're starting to drown, they somehow kick it off and screw, get back to the surface. And they're 500. Yeah, you're 6-6 six and six and your schedule looking down the stretch isn't bad. I mean, Niners, that, that's a tough game to play. But then Bengals, as we said, and then you kind of finish up with Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. Those are three winnable games oh, yeah. right there. Right. One hundred percent. So if you finish nine and eight, you win, you're winning that you're division. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a place to land on that you're at this point at five hundred <laughs> and you're sitting in first place. I mean, it's always one division every year. Yeah, every yeah. year. It's like everybody's like, oh, NFC East. Oh, there's Washington. All of a sudden, they're completely flip flopped, and now you have the South. And it's like you would think Brady and everything returning, but no, it's uh, it's it's been a different story in 2022 for Tom Brady. Yeah, and it's the NFC South this year. It's been the NFC East for. <laughs> feel like every year before yeah. that just the NFC East of the winners nine wins of a, a, a weird 10 wins nothing too dominant um but like this year the NFC South man I mean here's the thing if the Titans weren't like actually decent like the AFC South would probably be worse like I don't know what's going on in the South right now but they're just both divisions are a mess um but you're right I mean you said it Tom like Every single time it looks like that they're going away. They lose that brutal game to the Browns that they had no business oh, losing late in yeah. the fourth quarter. And they lose in overtime to, to fall back below 500. And then they come back, up, I mean, and they're drowning against the Saints, as they always are. And then just somehow the Saints make some weird mistakes. Mark Ingram walking out of bounds for absolutely yeah, that, no reason. That made no sense. <laughs> I uh, literally about, about a half foot short of the first down line. And all, if he just gets the first down, the game's over. Like, they don't have to punt. Brady never gets the ball back, and we're not even having this discussion. But he just always seems to get something. It's something every time. And this time it was Mark Ingram. It was the Saints play calling. And it was just... And even when Brady gets the ball, right, they're, what, first and goal on, like, the three? He throws a touchdown to Godwin. Comes back because of a holding penalty. So it's, like, first and goal from, like, the 15. And they still score. <laughs> Like, that's just, you can't do that. And no, you can't. Like, the Saints have a good defense. I know they do. And it's just, like, it, it, it's, ba- it's a bad look for the Saints to lose that game. That was brutal. Um, very similar to kind of how the Raiders lost last night. Um, it's just it's just brutal. I, the score was the same, wasn't it? I think it was 17-16 yeah, both games. Um, so almost a carbon copy on the last national, or the last two nationally televised games of the year, or of the week, I guess. So he does it again. Tom Brady, everybody. and. I- We'll yeah. see how we'll see how they go down the stretch because I mean you guys are right. He, I mean he's they're probably getting in. They're probably going to win right. the South and they're going to get in the playoffs. And look, no one gave him a chance two years ago when he won the Super Bowl as a wild card. So like you're putting him in, you're putting the Buccaneers as a four seed with a home playoff game. That's still a dangerous team. And then put him yeah. up against the fragile Washington, Dallas, New York, yeah, Dallas, Dallas who can't win a playoff game. <laughs> like, I'd like I mean, to see Minnesota try to win a playoff game too because everybody's calling them fraudulent. Hey. Look I, at have, the I have two on this yeah. show. Oh, hell yeah. My fighting Dan Campbells are one and a half point <laughs> favorites this weekend. Okay? Let's go. We are, that's, it, it's crazy, but we could we should have beat them. We should have beat them in a week two matchup or whatever it was, and we just let that game squander. But, you know, we're here. All right. Well, let's leave last week in the past. 
It's time for the fun part. Let's get into this week, week 14. The pickup updated standings from last week. I did do the math. Uh, Jay has passed me in the standings. Uh, he's up 69 to 67. So he needs to, all he needs to do is not lose by three this week or else he's going to be the regular season picks champ. Again, that's assuming that this is probably our last episode of the regular season. So I'm going to have to go against him on a few picks here today. He's already made his picks. He went into the document and made his uh, selection. So I'll make sure that you guys all know what his picks were. But let's get right into it, guys, starting with the first one that we always do. And if you guys are new here, but will they cover? So I take, I go find the three highest spreads of the week. And it's not a pick. I, I just want to know, will the underdog cover that spread? That's all I want to know. So the first one, nine and a half points. This is this, And this is the third largest spread. Like, the spreads this week are absurd. Um, but it's Denver. They're a home underdog against Kansas City looking to bounce back off that loss to Cincinnati. So does Denver cover in this game? I say no. I say that Russell Wilson, I mean, there's been a, a statistic of counters on uh, – his touchdown ratio this year and how how many games and they continue to go on. I just I just don't see it. I just uh, even at home, even with Wilson and Sutton, it just doesn't seem like whatever's happening in Denver just doesn't seem to be clicking the the right way for them. Yeah, unless you're putting maybe a few dollars on this or you're an absolute degenerate, I, I don't think there's any <laughs> other way that you take Denver to cover the spread. Kansas City is po'd right now. They're very upset after last week. This is going to be another classic. Everybody doesn't notice Mahomes go for 285, throwing three touchdowns, one rushing, and it's like, oh, just another day in, in, in happy land with, with, with Patrick Mahomes. So there's no way. And Denver, their offense is so so bad. Uh, Pat Sertan's going to do it as much as he can for the Broncos but on defense, but no, I don't see this happening. Even though this is the smallest of the three that you picked, I still think this is a little small, too. I'd take Kansas City at even higher point value, too. Uh, I'm going with Kansas City as well. Jay has said no for Denver as well, so we're all taking Kansas City to cover that number. And you guys just, I think you all hit it on the nail on the head. I mean, Denver last week had a prime opportunity to win that game, up 9-3, to basically the whole game. Lamar Jackson out, give up a touchdown with 26 seconds left to Tyler Huntley, and they lose that game 10-9. to And it's just... Kansas City is going to be not happy. They're going to come into that game with their hair on fire, trying to get back on track. Of course, they have. I mean, they're going to be locking up the AFC West very, very soon. Especially with the Raiders losing last night. Uh, the Chargers are really the only threat, but they lost it last week. So, and they have a tough matchup this week as well. We'll get into that one here in a second. But uh, I'm going to take Kansas City to cover that number. So, second largest spread. This one's only a half point higher, but. The New York Jets on the road at Buffalo. The Jets are 10-point underdogs in this one. Do the Jets cover this number in Western New York? I say yes. I say that the uh, – I think Salah, I think that if Mike White continues to play quarterback, that gives them a better chance each week. Uh, I, I just sort of like what Salah's been doing as a coach and being able to rally the Jets as a whole as, as, as an organization. It seems like he's taking them in steps in the right direction. I think they take another step. They may not win, but I think that they – can compete with Buffalo after what happened earlier in the season? This is a tough one. Uh, I think this is a tough one. because The Jets, you just provided all the reasons for why I feel the same exact way. But I don't know. I kind of like the Bills here. Teams have covered in the last few games. Last week it was a little bit of a blowout on that primetime Thursday night game with the Bills-Patriots, but I don't know. I think Mike White, he didn't play bad enough to lose his job last week. Is he starting again this week? He has to be. I believe so. He has to be. Uh, I think this is, it's not going to be as bad as his four-pick game last year when he was coming off that hot streak, but I don't think they get it done. I think they're going to heavily rely on the run. I think the Bills sling it, and I think it's it's going to cover 10 points. I mean, it is weird, but you do have to take like into account what happened earlier this year, as you said, Jack. I mean, the Jets beat this team. Now, obviously, that was at home. Zach Wilson was the quarterback. The Bills were kind of in a bit of a rut at that time. Um, and the Bills are playing out of their minds right now. I mean, they've won three games in a row, I think, since that collapse in Minnesota. So, I mean, they're rolling, as they always are, and it it's tough because they're at home, and they haven't been home in a while because their last home game was played in Detroit. Um, I think they get it done. I, I think this is a game that they, they kind of take off. Ten is a weird number because um, it kind of feels like a ten-point game, you could kind of see, but I'll take them to cover that number by – Let's say close to two touchdowns, and Buffalo gets the job done. Finally, and this one's absurd, um, 
it it's probably deserved, but it's absurd. Uh, Houston on the road at Dallas. Houston is seventeen and a half point underdogs. Davis Mills is back at quarterback, so they've they've switched back. Um, but does Houston cover seventeen and a half in Jerry World? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Davis Mills, baby. Give me Davis Mills. I love, I, I, I got no rhyme or reason to it with Davis Mills. I know that Houston's 110 and 1, and they want to keep tanking for that number one pick, but I don't know. I, I know you said it's a home game, but 17.5 is a very, very large number. It's huge. It's a very large That's number. Insane. That's three plus That's four scores. Right there. Yeah. It's four scores, pretty much. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Dallas uh, beats them by more than seventeen and a half. I think I think Davis Mills. They're not going to win the game. I think it'll be like a fourteen point, you know, twenty eight, fourteen, thirty sixteen type deal right there. But I mean, yeah. this is this is also saying the Cowboys are going to only score twenty eight when the Browns scored twenty seven last week and none. They did not score a single offensive <laughs> touchdown. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So like that's the other issue here. If they're just, it's all bad in Houston. All I had bad. Browns uh, D on, in my fantasy, but they were on my bench. 33 points. Yeah, that's tough. Nope. <laughs> well, defense and special teams, they're together because yeah, they yeah, yeah. special teams touchdowns. Wow. So, yeah. Well, from watching the Lions win by, what was it, 40-14 to 14 over the Jaguars last week, I will say that they will not cover. I think Dallas is able to get the 17.5. I think Prescott healthy. I think Tony Pollard c- continues to take his steps. I just... I have faith in Dallas this week, and I think that you're going to see a blowout fashion type of game. They need to keep it going, too, because if they want to be the team that everybody thinks that they are right now, even though it's the Cowboys, they have a very Yankees feel to them when it gets closer to the postseason time, but they got to continue to impress people right now because this can't be another week where Stephen A. steps up uh, on ESPN with his Cowboy hat, just (laughs) scheming, laughing. He has the Cowboys as his number two team in the league right now. That is fair. But... um. Yeah, this is tough. I, I remember I was sitting in the studio last week. Jack Ladderman, who was one of our guests on the show, uh, he said the Colts would win that game. He picked them to win that, cover that spread. He picked them as his upset pick. And he was almost right until whatever happened late in that game. 54-19. to um, Dallas can do it. They've won games by this amount all year long. Houston's a really bad football team. Like, that is the worst team I have seen constructed in a long time. They are worse than some winless teams. Um, yeah, I don't think the Lovey Smith reincarnation of the uh, NFL job is paying out as uh, they intended there. I mean, did, so. yeah, did it? I mean, did it ever really work at the college level either? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it was better. Hey, two and overs, Mark D'Antonio, as we're sitting here in East Lansing. I mean, we cannot forget that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's tough, and they're they're clearly just they want the number one pick. They're, they they want their guy, probably Bryce Young. You know, get him in there. Um, but man, it, it, it's it's rough in Houston. I, I think I agree with you, Jack. I think Dallas covers this number. Now we'll move into straight-up picks. Obviously, this, these ones are not against the spread, so just tell me who's going to win the game straight up. We're going to start, as we always do, hometown team, the Detroit Lions, at home against the Minnesota Vikings, trying to avenge their heartbreaking defeat in Minnesota earlier this year. Do the Lions get it done? Someone go. I say yes. I say, why not keep running? Why not? We're 4-5. or five. Why not make it 5-6? or six? Why not give it another week? We're going in. If, if we get this game and you go into Carolina and you go into New York – even though with the Jets playing and I just picked them, you know, to battle against and cover against Buffalo, I'm just intrigued for this game. I haven't been, you know, every game this season, the more that Dan Campbell is, once he started getting us on this little like trend of four or five games, I just, uh, I, I like the direction of it. I like that, the feeling of it. And obviously they all have that last two minutes of Minnesota on their mind. And I just feel like a split in a division is always likely. And I, I like where this one's heading. I feel like that they continue to keep it rolling. I got the Lions as well, and it's it's a lot to play for here for Detroit because if you lose this game, the Vikings lock up the division straight up. And I know you're looking for a playoff spot. You're not looking to win this division, but I, I think if you win this game as the Detroit Lions, you legitimize yourself as a team that can really be in contention all the way around uh, in the NFC. The Lions have been so bad for so long, it is so tough uh, to see them you know, struggle so hard as, you know, me and you, Lions fans. We have a Browns fan over here, but oh, I would I'm love with to you see guys. Win. We're together. Oh, good, good. Browns good. and Lions fans are together in this thing. Yeah, you you're know, right. You're on. right. Well, you're I right. was in attendance for that Browns Bills game. Browns fans. I was there too. Yeah, in the same boat. I, was I there mean, too. great environment. Yeah, give me the Lions though. I, I I think Jared Goff gets it done. Everybody wants to talk about how uh, Kirk Cousins is great at uh, noon, one p.m. Twenty-three and fifteen against the spread for Jared Goff this year, or sorry, in his career uh, at, at noon or one o'clock. So give me the Lions. Give me the Lions. 
I'm going to do this for you guys and because I also need to make up points on Jay. Um, but it's always, you know, it's like the college game day thing. It's lines across the board. So someone's got to take one for the team. I'm going to do this for you all. I'm going to go with Minnesota, um, which isn't, I don't think is a bad pick really in any way, shape, fat. I don't think picking a 10 and two team is but, a wrong um, pick in any fashion. And especially though. against a team that has just historically owned the Lions the past few years. Uh, but I mean, again, the Lions did get their first win last year at home against Minnesota. So the Lions could win this game. I definitely think they can, but I'm going to roll with the Vikings. And I'm going to do it for you guys. If the Lions win, you can thank me later. I think the big question is, does the Lions secondary lock up Justin Jefferson like they did in game one? Three catches for, what was it, 14 yards or something? 20 yards? It was... uh, Yeah, 14 yards, two receptions. KJ Osborne was like the one with... He had 75 yards. I think he led him. Do you think that they were able to do that again? Because, I mean, Jeff's been great. I I heard he was uh, might be in, might not be in. But then Amani Awarie, too. I, I don't know if they hold him up. Uh, well, I need a big game from Dalvin Cook, too, because he's on my fantasy team as well. So, Dalvin Cook, just just run, baby, run. Uh, all right, next one up. No, staying in division, a lot of divisional games this week, especially here on the Pick'em. Uh, the Ravens and the Steelers, we've touched on this game already before this happened when we were talking about Lamar Jackson. But who wins this game? I see you guys putting in your picks now, but who do you got? I got Pittsburgh. I feel like... Um... Just Mike Tomlin, just simple as that. That's just my simple reason for it. I just think him alone, Willingham, not to have that losing record, I think he's able to do it, and I think the more that Kenny Pickett plays, the more it's going to benefit them in the long run. And Najee Harris actually having an up week last week and sort of having a repeat performance, not to the same level, but seeing more upside from Najee than we have in previous games this year. So I'll take Pittsburgh. So a lie, Pittsburgh. Uh, Michael, you talked about earlier the Ravens struggle to get wins like this against this Pittsburgh team. Give, give, give me Pittsburgh all day. You talk about Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin as well. They're going to be. They're going to be. I'll say they win by more than a touchdown. I know we're not doing spreads here, but I yeah, think no, they it, get. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I think they win by close to double digits over the Ravens. Tyler Huntley. I don't like it. Only because a ten nine victory last week, you're only able to scrape together so many points against the Broncos, who you know they have an okay defense, but. I like the Steelers. That's interesting to me because you just you just kind of trashed Kenny Pickett a few minutes ago. Well, with, you well. know, all the two gloves isn't really working. <laughs> no, uh, no, but uh, it's the Ravens as well. I, yeah. I looked at how they played last week, and you know, you look at just the game flow against. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they got it. So, if if I wasn't clear enough on the last pick, Jay did pick the Lions for our listeners who obviously can't see what I'm looking at. Um, but he picked the Lions in that last game. He has the Steelers in this one as well, so he's with you too. Um, see, this is the game every year. They play twice a year, but I I just I hope both teams are just miserable. Like I hate both of these teams so much. Like I can't stand them. Um, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, I don't really know why. I say that a lot on the show, but I don't really know why. Um, Sometimes that's all the reason you need. But I just, I the Steelers aren't good. They're not. And, like, they've won a couple games in a row. It's kind of cute. Like, they beat the Colts and the Falcons. Like, yeah, good on you, Pittsburgh. You beat some bad football teams. But, like, I think Baltimore's good all around. And I think giving now Tyler Huntley a whole week's worth of reps in practice, getting back you know, under center with the guys building that chemistry back. I think they get off the schneid. I think they do go into Pittsburgh, and I think they do win that game. Um, and they maintain their grip on the at the top of the AFC North. So now we'll move into our third game here of straight up. Eagles at the Giants. Of course, the Eagles still 10-1 and one on the year. Uh, Giants coming off the tie against Washington that they, 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 had, they had the game in the bag late, lost it on the, the Jahan Dotson insane touchdown, and then they ended up... Uh, they missed the what was it fifty eight yards to end overtime that fell like five yards short. Yeah, it was yeah. close. But who you guys got? Eagles, Giants. I'm gonna take the Eagles. I think that Jalen Hurts keeps it rolling. I don't see that the Giants. I mean, even though it's at uh, in Meadow Meadowlands, and you know you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley still playing at a high level. I just think that right now the offense of the Eagles just causes too many problems and. Obviously, we'll continue to say his name, A.J. Brown. He, he just makes such yeah. a difference um, on any offense for any defense to have to cover. I just I don't see the Giants being able to get off to Schneid. I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to take the Giants. Uh, I like them not for a ton of reasons. I don't have a lot of evidence behind why I'm taking them. The Eagles have been a great team this year. We already talked about them coming out of the, the division, but not being able to get over the hump and win that Super Bowl. 
I think this is a game that's going to show that. I know the Giants aren't great. They have a, a, a decent record. They've been playing good football this year. But I think that they have a great game. It's going to be a chilly, uh, sunny day at the Meadowlands. I think they get it done against the Eagles. This is not. A, I, I think the Eagles are a great team. They've been good all year, but they're going to falter as teams do all year. Remember the Commanders game. I'm going with the Eagles. Um, I just think the Giants have kind of they've come back down to earth a little bit. Obviously, they started six and one, then they were what, seven and two. Um, now they're seven, five and one. Yep. Is it? So mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that's that's struggling, um, and they were Saquon Barkley's questionable this week. Um, it, it it's a lot to ask them to beat this Eagles team that that probably is the best team in the NFC. Um, I'm gonna go with the Eagles as well as as Jalen Hurts. The, Patrick Mahomes now left the door open for Jalen Hurts to potentially go win that MVP. Um, we'll see if he can step into the moment and take it. I think he does. I think they win a big divisional game in New York. Now we get to my team, the, the Cleveland Browns, on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals. We touched on this one again a little bit. The Browns have won. They have never lost to Joe Burrow. They are 4-0 when they face him. Do the Bengals finally get it done this week? I say yes. I say that Joe Burrow at home, I think he figures it out. I think that you know something just clicks this time around. I don't think you can continue to lose to the same team over and over and over again. And it just you have to break the cycle at some point, and I think this is where the cycle finally finally stops with them. I like the Bengals as well. Um, just watching Deshaun Watson yeah. throw the ball last weekend, it looked like he had a cinder block in his hand. I mean, it, it just did not look yeah. natural. And Jacoby Brissett, if you're, if, if you're a fan or you're the GM looking at that team, Jacoby Brissett was double the player that Deshaun Watson was last week. And I don't think the Browns followed up with a, a huge defensive game because they're not playing the Houston Texans. Uh, they're still going to be good on, def- on defense. There's no doubt about that, but you look at that Bengals team and you look at how they play uh, week in, week out, it's just a wagon. So I, I, I like I like Cincinnati to win that game. Uh, I forgot to mention Jay again on the last pick. He did take the Eagles. I'm going to try to be better. But he took the Bengals in this game as well. Um, so it's three Bengals across the board. You know, everyone knows me on the show. I normally don't pick against the Browns. Uh, it's just not what I do. I did pick them two weeks ago to lose to the Bucks, and I kind of got burned. Um, but... You know, this is tough because, Tom, you touched on a good point of, yes, Watson looked exactly like you would have thought. He hasn't played football in 700 days. I I don't think anybody should rush to any conclusions about this is how he is now. Like, no, like, he just looked like a player that he needs to find his sea legs again. Um, can he do that in the span of a week? I'm not sure, but the defense has put in two really good performances in a row after starting off the year miserably. Uh, good performance against Tampa Bay. Good performance against Houston. Special teams is finally coming around. Um, and they have the mental advantage in this game over Cincinnati, who just knows that, you know, Joe Burrow, they even asked Joe Burrow, like, earlier this week, they said, what do the Browns do differently on defense that, like, just gets to you? And he said, well, they have Miles Garrett, so that makes them a little <laughs> bit different. Um, but I, I'm i going to roll with the Browns. I'm going to roll with my guys uh, on the road to get a big win. Uh, the Browns are still playing for stuff. I mean, they have... You have to look at it this way. If they like win out and get to ten wins, they're probably winning. They're probably getting in the playoffs, if not winning that division, especially with maybe the trajectory Baltimore's on. If Cincinnati Cincinnati winning last week was killer for them. But if Cincinnati kind of falters down the stretch, maybe loses some games that they shouldn't, they can win the division at ten and seven, like if they run the table. But and after this week, uh the Browns are on they're at, they go back home, Baltimore and New Orleans, and then they end the year at Washington at Pittsburgh. Those are games that they can win, especially if Lamar Jackson's not playing for Baltimore. So um, keep an eye on the Browns. They're going to make a push down the stretch, but it starts this week. They need to beat the Bengals, um, and I'm going to say that they do. So now we get into the late window on Sunday, the Buccaneers at the 49ers. Another game that we've kind of touched on, but what is the pick in this game? Uh, Jay has the Buccaneers, so who's up? I'm going to have to agree with him. I think that uh, without Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it does impact the game. I think even with Purdy, I don't think you see the same guy two weeks in a row. Uh, I, I just like that when it comes down to it to me, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter as it's scheduled to be as a not high-powered Bucks team and then you have a Niners team, I just think when you take it's Brady versus Purdy and I'm just going to have to take Tom Brady. It's just hard for me to go against him in this game. Originally, I did not. Pick the Buccaneers. I went with the Niners, but uh, I think 
you helped sway me a little bit on your take as well. I, I, because you think about that late game scenario, uh, we've seen t- two different sides of the moon on that one because Bowles has been very conservative, and then he's also done what they did last week, where he's let him sling the ball around and, and as you said earlier, score two different times after the holding call. So uh, I like the Buccaneers to win this game too, just because of that quarterback scenario. Even though there's weapons around them, and they're going to probably run the ball more, there's going to be a lot more, I guess, trickery with McCaffrey and some Debo Wildcat action. So maybe they'll get it done, but give me Tampa. Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to be different again. Um, I just think, again, at home, very tough to beat San Francisco out there in Levi. Um, Number two, again, I touched on it, the defense, it's arguably the best in the league. Um, Tampa Bay's offense, like, don't get it twisted. They're still not right. There's something totally off about them. They can't run the football. Um, Brady's definitely showing signs of age. Um, I I just think this is a very low-scoring, ugly football game that nobody really wants to watch, but they're basically forcing themselves (laughs) to watch it. Um, But I think the 49ers prevail in the end. I think they do just enough on offense to get it done. They hold on defensively. They get the win at home. Now we move on to Sunday night football. This game was flexed in. It was originally supposed to be the Chiefs and the Broncos. Uh, thank goodness we don't have to see that game. I was going to say, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so now we get the Dolphins at the Chargers out in SoFi. Dolphins coming off that tough loss in San Francisco. Obviously the Chargers fall short against the Raiders last week. I see where it's a bit of a split decision. Uh, Jay has the Dolphins in this one. Who's up? I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, I think uh, at home with Herbert, even though the home field hasn't really been a home field, I don't think enough Miami fans are able to travel across the country uh, to make as much of the impact as the audience has made at SoFi the Stadium this year. I just think with Mike Williams becoming a little bit more healthier, I know he's been battling some stuff. I just I like what the Chargers and uh, just Herbert overall as a whole, I think he gets the better too in this one. I like the Dolphins here. Uh, after last week's kind of pummeling, 33-17 to the Niners. It, it, they got to get back. Got to get back in the win column. And as you said, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a Tua situation. That's got a question mark on it. But regardless, I think they win the game. The Chargers, they might have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back, but that's just a matter of time. As half of the first quarter goes by, one of them's bound to get hurt. Just it's how it's been for them. So I, I, I like Miami to win this one. I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. Uh, make it make it three for Miami. Um, look, the Chargers. They're a team that everybody wants to do well, um, but they consistently fail to meet that line every single week. It's just, it's always something. It's coaching, it's defense, it's the offense lets them down. Herbert makes a bad decision. Like every week it's something. And it cost them the postseason last year, and it could very well cost, cost them the postseason this year. Like I get it, they're in a good place right now. Um, they have the wins, but. The Dolphins are a really, really, really good team. I think they go and I think they get the job done, uh, especially a, a team that fast on turf. Oof. Well, I mean, watch out. Um, I think they get it done. Chargers fall short once again. Finally, last one of the week, Patriots at the Cardinals. This is Monday night football. Uh, who do we got in this one? Patriots coming off that Thursday night loss to Buffalo. Cardinals were off last week. They were on the bye. I just think the Cardinals are too much of a mess. I'm going to have to go with New England. I just think that with Bill Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury, I look to a lot of matchups. I like the coaching matchups. I like the quarterback matchups and look to overall athletes who has the better you know, wide receivers of running back rooms. And I just think that Belichick is going to put together too much of a game plan for Kyler Murray. I just think that whatever's happening in Arizona just is not going to play out for them in the long run. I don't know if Kings. I don't think if, Cliff stays through this season. If he does, maybe next season is is his make-or-break season, but I just haven't seen enough go right for the Cardinals in order to make me even sustain them at home. Yeah, it's been a tough season, especially watching Hard Knocks in just the last few weeks and how that entire Mm. train wreck has gone. But give me the Patriots. Uh, I like them for a lot of the same reasons. Belichick, we talked about teams having numbers of, of other guys. Uh, Bill Belichick, he, he's got the number of Cliff Kingsbury, and that was right as soon as he entered the league. So uh, Patriots will do well. Uh, they're not looking for a huge playoff push right now. They're in the kind of in the middle of the pack. They're going to have to win some big games, but New England all the way. I'm going with New England as well. And, Jack, I thought it was kind of interesting because you were talking about how these are the things I look at, and you're like coaching, you know, quarterback, wide receivers. And I was like, I, I don't know where he's going with this because, yes, they have the coaching advantage, but it was like quarterback, athletes, like – Cardinals have the advantage in all of those departments. Like it's it's no secret they do. Um, but the Cardinals are just there. That team is a train wreck. I mean, talk about talk about taking an off season distraction and just letting it 
come and just infiltrate your regular season and just totally throw you off. The whole Kyler Murray stuff with him not studying, it it just it, whether or not it was true, like it's just it it's clearly thrown them off. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins the first six weeks. They got him back. They're kind of they haven't quite figured out their chemistry again. They they they're another team. They just don't run the ball. Um, their defense is a mess. It, just as a whole, they they've really struggled, and their only win in the last few weeks was against a Rams team that, like we talked about, the Rams multiple times. They're just not really any good, and they had John Wolford at quarterback. So I'm going to go with the favorite in this one as well on the road. I'm going to go with the Patriots. And now it's time to get into the final portion of the pick 'em, the upset specials. So you can take any game against the spread. You have to pick the underdog. Uh, the way me and Jay do it, you get a point if they cover, two win- two points if they win outright. Obviously zero if they do neither. Um, so Jay has the Jaguars. Oh, Jay did pick the Patriots on Monday Night Football, if I didn't make that clear. Um, Jay's upset is the Jaguars three and a half this week. Um, who are they playing? Tennessee. He's got Jacksonville plus three and a half at Tennessee. What do you guys got for your upsets this week? I'll stick with the game that we have uh, alluded to earlier with the Buccaneers 49ers and have talked a lot about. I just like the Buccaneers a lot. I just I like them plus three and a half. I think that even if they don't win, I think that it's a, a cover, easy cover for Tom Brady in this game. I just can't see that. Like I said, I just break it down to Brady versus Purdy, and I just I like what Tampa Bay is going to bring to this matchup. I have Giants plus seven. Uh, I was the only one to go with the Giants there uh, against the Eagles, and I, I think they get it. I, I, I think they're able to get that back within the Eagles, as you said before about the other game. Uh, it was the Niners Bucks being low scoring, kind of a grimy game. I think this has a lot of the same makeups. It's going to be cold. It's going to be very sunny there at, at one o'clock for the Eagles Giants. It's not going to be great for uh, scoring points. So give me Giants plus seven. I think they'll cover that and potentially win. I'm just going to roll with the Browns five and a half on the road at Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, I did pick them in the pick them, so I might as well double down on it, get some extra points if they do come through. Five and a half on the road. I like that number. Uh, I'll take them to do just that. It's going to do it for week 14 here on the pilot. Thank you both for uh, coming in and joining, talking some NFL with me. Thank you. And uh, Jack's going to be on back throughout next semester to talk and be back on the pilot at some point this year. Um, and of course, I'm your host, Michael Markach, signing off. Uh, hope you guys all have a great day. Hope you all have a great holiday season with your families. If we don't get to talk to you before then, uh, we'll be back after the new year when the new semester starts. And guess what time that will be? playoff season yes, which is when it's one of my favorite times of the year just in general but also on this show so we'll be back then again hope you all take care have the great rest of your day and we'll see you next year on the pylon <laughs>